Hi, my name is Kim. You're listening to Historia. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome again to Historia Podcast. I am your host, Kim, and tonight we have Mr. Hedge Hayden from United Kingdom. He is an award-winning Bachelor of Science, uh, Bachelor of Arts, qualified musician, and also a five-star rated voice actor. Look at that. All right. Welcome to the show, Hedge. Hi there. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on the show. It's been, it's so amazing to have you. So maybe we should, we should get started with a little bit of your introduction. Tell us about yourself, you know, where you're from. I see that you're from United Kingdom. That's awesome. So will you please tell us more about yourself? Okay. So as you've heard, my name is Hedge Hayden. Uh, I'm 43 years of age, so I'm sort of a middle age now. So I'm busy reinventing myself as a musician, voice actor, and composer. Uh, I'm a cover artist, so I record other people's songs. I'm a parodyist and satirist, so I write comedy sketches. Also write a pastiche of songs similar to other musicians, such as Weird Al, Flight of the Concords, and Tenacious D. I also record audiobooks and other kinds of audio, such as podcasts like yourself, and also videos for companies such as IT recruitment and also for digital automation companies. Wow, that's amazing. So you have a lot of tasks, not only as a musician, you're also a video editor for podcasts, also doing music, you know. Uh, music videos, you know, all these editing, computer whiz, I can call it, uh, being a computer wizard. That's amazing. Now, let's go a little deeper into your story. I, I would call this an origin story. So, How did you discover your talent as a musician? How did you get started? How did you... Well, this you start? started out, this was, uh, began in... Okay, so this started in about 1999 when I started uh, first traveling to the USA to work as a to sort of spectate to see what was happening. And I realized that there was a lot of people there that were amateurs that were really, really good at what they could do. They were almost professional level, but these people were just not being paid for this. They simply loved doing it. And I thought, hang on a second, this is something I can do. So on my second trip there, I'd written a song, which was a pastiche of another type of Brian Adams music. So I performed that and it got a really good reception. And I thought, okay, this is going on well. So the next year I wrote another one, a second one. I recorded that, performed that one, that went down well. And I thought, okay, this is something I can do. So for the next uh, five years between 1999 and 2004 i was traveling back and forth between the uk and the usa performing and writing songs and also coming up with new ideas for different characters that i could portray as this comedic persona then in 2004 i had to stop traveling because uh, my own pocket and i was like okay I really need to actually, you know, earn more so I can start doing this properly. This turned into a, about a sort of 20-year gap where I was simply just working. And then in 2016, I decided that, look, I've been slacking off long enough. I'm going to go full all out, go back to university, study music professionally, really get my, my teeth into something that I can use properly. So after that, I graduated in 2020. I then started writing my own songs properly. Uh, my first one was called Magic, and that's been released on Spotify as well. So I've now got my chops into writing music as well, uh, which I've used in various other projects. And now I'm really getting into recording my own videos that go with the music. 
because before I was relying on other people to do my videography for me. Now I'm doing the whole thing. So I'm now building up a portfolio of not just music, but video and audio and voice. So I've got loads of things coming together in one package. Yes, and I noticed that you know you are doing all the things by yourself, all the editing, all the camera work, doing those video shots, and being creative with your music. You know, I really like your music when you know. It, I think it's very explosive. When I, I saw that video of you singing to that chess song, right? It's it's super amazing. I really love that. So. I believe that's one of your other hobbies as well, right? Is is doing chess. How long have you been doing chess as well? Oh, chess was something that I picked up when I was very young, because uh, my father, my uncles, they would all play chess. Because when you, when I sort of have big family gatherings, the women would be off talking about their sort of things, whatever they did, and us guys would be either watching football or doing something else and it was commonplace with my grandparents to have a chessboard because when they were sort of that age they always had these kind of kitsch kind of things if they were either glass chessboards with ornate pieces or wooden ones with stone pieces and normally they would just sit there because they were ornate but I decided that I wanted to learn how to play this because it looks really cool let's try it out so I was taught the game by my father and a couple of uh, uncles and grandparents and gradually learned it. Then, of course, the 80s hit where electronics came in. So you then could have pocket chess computers, which you could learn with. So I had one of those where I would learn from the computer and improve my skills. And then, of course, in the 90s, the chess championships were on TV where we got introduced to people like Gary Kasparov and Nigel Shaw, who were these people that, Previously, we would just think of them as nerds. And then we saw these guys that could do immense chess calculations simply in their heads in about five minutes. Something that I thought was absolutely amazing. Because before, I was simply playing with a chess computer. And I saw people like these grandmasters coming up with techniques against a real person in real time in what seemed like seconds. And this, again, was another mind-blowing thing. It's like, these guys are literally human computers in chess form. And I started watching these chess championships. And that's how I sort of got addicted to the, the, the sort of the power of chess. And I started studying the history of it and the different versions of it. Because now you can't, there is chess everywhere. There's Star Wars chess. There's Lord yeah. of the Rings chess. There's um, sort of Monopoly chess. There's There's mixtures of everything. There's... It's, it's everywhere you can't get away from chess now it's become it's had a resurgence it's now so huge that it's it's one of the greatest things about lockdown is we can now play chess online offline anywhere more people are learning it anytime as well right so i really admire those chess as a, a sport as a as a mind game it's really it really blows your mind as in it's it's really hard to be calculative on on that particular game on on that one game you know me i i also learned how to do chess but i'm only limited to the moves but other than that i don't know how to defeat the king how how do you make that strategy <laughs> of beating the <laughs> you know just using all of your pieces you know even those, uh, which which ones do you have to sacrifice? Which ones do you have to, which ones do you have to uh, promote, or which ones do you have to um, be, be uh, make that decisive move just to beat that uh, that opponent? You know, it's it's something that is really hard, and not only that. I think there's also a resurgence. It's also because of the the emerging netflix uh the queen's gambit yeah so the queen's mm -hmm. queen's mm -hmm. gambit i i've watched it all, all of the episodes it's a short it's a short uh, mini it's a series short series mm -hmm. mini series and it, it was really mind-blowing i i even i didn't even know that there are some moves like d3 
three to this kind of uh um the letters and numbers so oh it, it really blows my mind and it's so amazing it's really amazing and i really admire that <laughs> Well, if you uh, if you watch actually uh, Crazy Crazy Nights, which is the uh, pastiche of Kiss that I wrote, that borrows the song of the same name but with a K in front of Nights. Uh, if when you get to the instrumental section, the guitar solo, uh, there's some numbers that go across screen, which is Checkmate and Thirteen Moves, which was a game that I won against a computer opponent and thought, right. I'm going to use that in the song because it's short enough to go on the screen and it's also one that I've performed so I can use that in there. So if you pause the video, you can see all the moves that reveal Checkmate in 13 Moves. Oh my God. Checkmate in 13 <laughs> Moves. And then, and it's even de detailed, right? It's even detailed. You know, you even made it to a song and it, it rhymes so hard. It's so... Hmm awesome i love it like it really blows my mind for sure <laughs> now i want to go back to your career as a musician now mm -hmm. i'm sure that at some point in our lives we have all these first times we we performed on stage for the very first time so did you ever have those butterflies in your stomach if if you had you know that scenario i think everyone has had that scenario so what how did you overcome that like what was your process on of dealing with with those butterflies in the stomach well uh one of the things that i've learned after performing with other people and talking to other musicians and performers whether they be comedians or magicians or uh, singers everyone has that trepidation feeling if you don't have it you're either not you're either you know not caring about the performance or you're genuinely not actually human because you need to have that trepidation in there because that gives you the fire to perform because you want to overcome that if you just go up if you just go out on stage and you sort of hold that feeling in and just freeze then you disappoint yourself and you disappoint everyone else what you've got to do is channel that energy that's in your stomach that trembling energy and you need to disperse that through your body and use it as the catalyst to start going that's why if you ever watch somebody come out on stage they'll either strike a pose they'll punch the air they'll scream they do something to throw that out there and that gets the thing going it's like a momentum if you're pushing a big boulder, you don't want to just push gently. You want to do one first huge shove, which gets them, overcomes the inertia and starts it moving. It's the same with a performance. You have one thing that goes and then you keep going. If you just watch any kind of performance, somebody will walk out. They might walk out slowly. As soon as they reach the microphone, they'll do something crazy i mean michael jackson's a great one he'll stand out with a microphone and now he'll either do a sharp turn of the head or a uh, pose of his body it's just something to hit that push out that trepidation and get things going and that's breaking the inertia so that's what you need to do don't go out there and just stand there because then you then that feeling builds up and it just overwhelms you you've got to push it out and that's what that's for oh that's so magical so uh I would also notice notice these things to you know many other celebrities like artists, musicians. Now, when they do a concert, what they would do once they grab that piece of microphone or that microphone, what they would do is right, they would shout out right away just to release that energy to get that momentum yeah. going. Yeah, so mm -hmm. impressive, so impressive. Going back to that experience, I want to know a little more about your first time what was the first time experience being on stage like let's go a little deeper into it okay well the first one that was actually my actual own personal music was in that was 1999 when i went first went to chicago and i decided that i wanted to perform in front of people i didn't know 
because performing in front of people you know is okay for practice because they're all going to give you good feedback no nobody that you know is going to sort of say well i don't like this bit because they don't want to offend you because your friends your family you don't want that the best thing to do is perform in front of people you don't know go cold and then if you get a good reaction great if you get a bad reaction you won't see those people again but you've got genuine feedback so i thought okay i need to perform somewhere where nobody knows who i am nobody's ever seen my stuff so the usa was a perfect place for that the only people i knew were the people that i was sharing a room with and the people that i'd previously met online and spoken to everybody else was completely alien so going up on a stage in front of about sort of 500 to 700 people and doing this performance was the first way to test if this worked if it didn't work then i wouldn't do it again it'd be fine if it did work which it did i thought right i can start doing more of this and that was the that was the reason why i went so far away because i, I need to go as far away as possible so i've got a fully clean audience I see. That's really amazing. So uh, you mentioned that there there could be those bad experiences. There could be those bad things that might come up at some point of your career. Mm. Like, did you ever have that experience of people booing at you, like, ooh, and then throwing tomatoes or whatever, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you, know, if you ever had that kind of experience, what would you do afterwards or what did you do during that you know, during that scenario well i learned i learned that the hard way unfortunately when i was in college i decided that i'd try my hand at stand-up comedy and uh because i was doing performing arts every lunchtime we got a bit of chance to do a few kind of uh a few things i wrote a few sets of sketches that we did for a cabaret night and I repurposed them into a stand-up routine, performed it for about half an hour during the lunchtime, and it turned out it did really well, and everybody really enjoyed it. And these were people that didn't know who I was as well, and this was like, okay, that, that's good, I'll do another one. And I fell into the trap, which is the big trap, of thinking the first one went really well, and I didn't put much effort in, I don't have to put much effort in for the second one. And of course, I completely forgotten that the 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 first performance was a repurpose of another one. So I thought, well, okay, I'll just write this one. So I came up with a few ideas, wrote them down on a tiny piece of paper, about a piece of A4 paper folded in half. And I thought, that's perfect. That's perfect. I'll just work from that. And I didn't learn the script and I left the piece of paper at home. So come the performance, I went, right put my hand in my pocket and oh oh dear oh. i've forgotten the script and i haven't memorized it what do i do so oh. of course i went out on stage and like hi everybody hi, <laughs> hi there started trying to come up with ideas and trying to just improvise and i didn't have the skills for that and oh my god one of my one of my colleagues had to come up to the microphone and went, let's give him a big, big hand. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. And I was like, oh, my God. And that is the lowest point I've ever felt in that thing because I just, I just felt, oh, my God. I failed everyone. I failed myself. And I wasted all these people's time. And I just, I just felt there's, there's a massive pit rained out of me all my enthusiasm all my confidence is just gone and i'm just thinking how did this happen and eventually looking back it's really because i didn't prepare i didn't prepare enough really well and i didn't prepare and that's something that has always stayed with me it's like you've got to prepare in advance you can't just assume that because one went well the second one will you need to keep that preparation and that's uh that's what i do now i make sure that everything is prepared before i even try oh my like you know, when i think it's it's so hard to be on that stage and then you know, and there's all of a sudden everything went black it's black mm. it's dark oh no i'm not sure if i've ever had ex that experience but yeah i i probably think so maybe in you know, maybe in my school days or 
during my younger days, but I, I don't remember any much of that anymore. But it's devastating stuff. Like your self-esteem, it's it really puts you to a lowest point, right? And, and you know, when when you said that, you know, I was, I can truly relate to that. It's very hard to get back, to get back to you know going up once again to rise up uh, on that failure. So. When when it comes to preparation, what sorts of preparations do you usually do uh, nowadays? Like, describe the work of uh, Hedge Hayden on a daily basis. Okay, well, the easiest way to do that would be the uh, Max Headroom sketch that I did, where I wrote a few sort of tech jokes down and performed them in the style of uh, Max Headroom. And that way was to start with is come up with the original idea, the backbone, which is Max Headroom 2020. You're like, okay, write that down. Next one, decide how it's going to be done. Uh, research Max Headroom. How does he look? He wears a suit. Uh, it's black with a, a shirt and a tie. He's only filmed from just below the shoulders up. The background is kind of parallaxy and space age. So that's the research on how he looks. Uh, his voice glitches occasionally. It moves in pitch. For sort of that com comedic effect okay get those down so now i've got how it looks how it sounds now i need to have the style of the delivery and the style is this very smarmy kind of almost like sort of talk show host kind of thing hi there max headroom now remember if you were ever shopping in a grocery store remember that pushing the cart is your responsibility not the child that you've put inside it <laughs> so that kind of thing that smarmy kind of like american game show host you know that that uh, that almost slimy kind of persona that's always got his hand around you and desperately pulling you close that ugh, that kind yeah. of thing and there's the occasional sort of sly smirk that goes with it so i get all those bits down and i go okay so i've got that bit that's how the performance is how the look is let's start writing the jokes so the jokes have Got the right. Hello. Oh no. Every time I thing I need is in there. I start recording, then I go, oh no, I've forgotten this, and I've got to start all over again, and that wastes time. So as much preparation, as much research as possible, to ensure that when I start recording, nothing's missed. All right. That's amazing. You know, Hedge, uh, at some point of our conversation, I kind of lost you there. So I really have to apologize for that. Um, probably the no internet problem. connection. Um, so I, I think the last words that I heard from you, like preparing for the styles, you know, when, when you're already on the stage, right? The styles, the, how that person presents, you know, how do you present on as that person on stage, like the 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 spills that you have to that you have to say, I think that's where I'm at currently. So I mean, that's where we kind of lost our connection there. Okay. Yeah. So where do you want me to go from? From that spill when you said that. Uh, oh, you're you're suffering. Yeah. Uh, on that point. Oh, the. Uh, sorry. Which part again? On that part, when you said your 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 spell, you know, after that, after that, the uh, after you said your spell, your shoppers, like, oh right, okay, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, so he's kind of this sort of weird, uh, almost like American talk show host, that smarmy kind of thing where he sort of comes out with things like, "Hey, if you ever go to the grocery store, remember that." Pushing the trolley is your responsibility, not the child that you've brought with you. So it's that kind of really sort of slimy thing that with the game show host that puts his arm around you and pulls you really close and there's that, ugh, that kind of thing. So uh... that's the, then I started, yeah, then I started writing down jokes and I thought, well, he's an artificial intelligence, so it's got to be tech jokes and they've got to have that little sort of zip to them. For example, jokes about video games, jokes about uh, uh, Google, Amazon, artificial intelligences, these ideas of modern technology, all those kind of sort of geeky humor that goes in there. 
And once I've got that kind of thing processed, I've then got a whole list that I can work from. So when I start recording, I know exactly what I'm doing. Because if I leave something out and then I start recording, I'm going, oh, nuts. I forgot about that. I've got to stop and go again. So then I'm just wasting time. And as long as I keep everything in one start working on projects quicker. All right, there we go. I got it. I got it now. <laughs> there we go. So when it comes to doing those kinds of jokes for Amazon, you know, it, it's very hard to make people laugh, especially if you're not natural. You know, if if you're if you're not that kind of natural comedian, so how do you, you know? How does one make sure that you know, a person laughs to laughs to your joke, right? I, I I really think that being a comedian, being doing those jokes, it's it's really hard to do, very hard to make it you know, very funny to people. So how do you make sure of that? Okay, the it's. The comedy is all about two things. One is timing and the second is tension. And the timing is all about making sure that if the joke has multiple parts, that you give enough time for the audience to process each part. So, for example, one of the jokes in Max Hedrum is about Windows. And it goes like, 26 years ago, Microsoft released Windows 95. Pause. Originally, it was going to be called Windows 1995, but then they thought that some people might mistake that for the price. <laughs> so you do that one. So you go Windows and you pause and everyone goes, okay, Microsoft Windows and Windows 95. Okay, there's Windows 1995, brief pause, and that's the price. Because, you know, something that's 1995 is, you know, Rather, the joke is that if it was labeled as that, everyone go, oh, that's cheap. I'll purchase that. So that's where that <laughs> joke goes in there. And that's the timing kind of joke. The tension is when you've got a long joke that runs over, say, about a minute or so. Because those short ones, you don't really need the tension in there. You just need the timing. With, uh, with longer ones, which is something that I'm not too good at. I'm better at the quick, snappy lines. Uh, for example, of that is Tim Vine. He's a British comedian and he's really good at snappy one-liners. And that those just like a machine gun. They just barrel off and you get bombarded by this humor and it works really well. Somebody that is a really good timing, uh, sorry, a tension comedian is um, Lee Mack, another British comedian. And he can string out a joke for about two minutes and it just builds and builds and builds. And eventually you get a massive hitting punchline. And that is one of the toughest things to do. And I don't have that technique yet. I'm only good at the snappy quick ones. So that's why I did Max Headroom, because I can do that. But no, so that... style is the... Uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, my other style is the uh, musical comedy, because that way... Doesn't require the tension or the timing because the timing is built in with the music. It's all about the uh, the way that the lyrics move. Uh, examples of that is Weird Al, of course, uh, Flight of the Concords, um, Ninja Sex Party as well, and the, you can see how the comedy works in there because it's all about way that the situation itself is part of the comedy. So there's various styles and. I, I use a combination of the snappy one-liners and the musicals, and that's the way that I work. Oh, wow. Like, you know, one of the hardest things being a comedian is, you know, once you had that momentum, you also have to sustain it, right? Mm -hmm. When you have that build-up, build-up, intention, intention, and then when you got that knockout, uh, you know, that, that particular joke, that punchline, that really laugh, made the people laugh. I think it's also the, you know, how do you maintain it? How do you go with that momentum, right? Again, that comes down to uh, preparation. Being able to make sure that you know where you can pause for where the audience to process the joke and then obviously laugh, and then you can keep going. That's where the real preparation comes in. 
Doing it uh, online is a lot easier because you haven't got a real audience there. Everybody sees it uh, as, well, basically at their own time. When you're doing it live, you want to make sure that you know where those pauses are so that you understand that the audience is going to process that joke, react to it, then you can keep going. If you don't practice it in front of uh, an audience to get where the timing is, it won't work. And that's one of the problems that I suffered with when I tried it for the first time. I'd only practiced in front of the mirror. I'd practiced um, learning it sort of to myself. When you're performing in front of other people, you forget that there's reaction times. So that, again, is one of those tricky things. I see. So there we go. And also laughing at your own jokes, right? You, <laughs> if, if, if you really think it's funny, you're going to laugh yourself. <laughs> right so oh yeah yeah for sure again that's that's when you get that's when you get comedians deadpan comedians who just keep a completely straight face and don't react to it at all and that is really tough when you've got really good humor you've got to try and hold off that because it's very very difficult yeah being, being that poker face you know oh yes. when, when yeah well everybody's laughing like ha 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 and then you're... Mm. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you're still like that. you're still that having that face of a different person. <laughs> so you know, it's it's a pure art, and it's also something that I admire. I I would also you know there are some times that I would watch those kinds of shows on Netflix, and you know it's just so admiring, especially if you do it live. If the intensity of you it watching on TV, it's already funny. How much more if it doing it live right so it's just in a whole another level as you said so super awesome so what was the time when or when was the time that you you really had to step up you know make your own videos you know creating your own content because yeah. uh before we, we we don't have you know Maybe at some point in our life, we're just focused on one thing and focusing on that comedy or focusing on that music. Hmm. What was the time for you? Or how did you tell yourself that you need to step up, do you need to do your own videos at this point? Right. Uh, that was actually when I first started using LinkedIn seriously. Because before I was sort of a passive user, I would be simply uh sitting there looking the occasional post that's come through and then when i started actually creating a proper profile putting my work on there i was simply using um i was either creating uh, a waveform that shows when somebody's speaking which was really basic uh, i was either putting a still image and a title across the top and the the, the um the footage I'm doing really good video here. I need to be able to do something that stands out. So I thought, okay, I need to learn how to use video properly. And I'd used Adobe Premiere in university, but I couldn't get hold of it because it's really expensive. So I found out DaVinci Resolve, which yeah. is by Blackmagic Design, is a free editor and it works just as well. So I started teaching myself that and found a course that teaches you a self-teaching for DaVinci Resolve passed the course, went, yep, I can use this really well now. Started building it that way. Got my uh, mobile phone, hooked it up to a small light, got myself a green screen and started going, okay, let's try working with this. It's for my audiobooks that are buried deep in my profile now. Uh, I started coming up with a little sketch at the beginning, uh, then a, an introduction to an audiobook, then a call to action for it. Those are, those are still on my profile. They're just about, sort of like about six months old now. And then I thought, okay, let's go to what I'm, what I'm trained for, which is music. I'll start creating some song videos. They're longer, they're more interesting. They add a bit more pizzazz to it. And I went, okay, right. So I'll start working with the green screen. I'll record a couple of uh, footages of me miming along to it. I'll add a few things in there. What can I do? And I started adding effects in there. I started adding... Uh, color grading and just using it as a way to improve my own video skills while demonstrating them as well so you can see a progression where if you start at my first videos and work your way up you can see that they get more uh, they get more 
<clears throat> they get more impressive as time goes on. There's more effects in it. The green screening is better. There's better coloring. There's better transitions. You can see this improvement. And every time I'm going, what else can I do? So I'm just adding more and more and more each time. That's amazing. So, you know, I would also relate to you when it comes to LinkedIn. Like probably two years, three years ago, I created that LinkedIn account. And then just for the sake of creating it, nothing else, no more. That's it. You know? <laughs> then one day I decided to make content on LinkedIn. <laughs> so at first, my, my audiograms are terrible. So my outputs, mm. overall outputs, my pictures are terrible. And then, you know, until, up until now, I would still say that I'm uh, terrible at it. Yet, I, I, I can see that those improvements and I, I can really see that I'm getting proud of myself for, for doing those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's nice. also, you know, for me, LinkedIn has been a, a, a place of opportunity, connecting with other people. You know, I... I, I I didn't imagine myself doing this, you know, just interacting with other people, even just virtually. I'm I'm more of an introvert person, and I, I don't really talk to people that much. So it gets me out of my shell, is outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. It for for those I would say this again to all my listeners. LinkedIn is a just an amazing platform. I think people should get on it, especially those who are trying to put their portfolio or boosting, trying to boost their career. So LinkedIn mm -hmm. is fantastic. Now, going back to comedy, I, I think we all have these hard times. You know, how do you how, how do you make people laugh? Like, I, I think there are some people who are worse. You know, you're sad, you have this tough moments in life, yet uh, you, you still have to make these people laugh. You still have to make these people happy. So how do you navigate those feelings you know, when, you, when you're on stage or when, when you're performing on stage? Ooh. It's, it is tough sometimes because uh, you've got to be able to sort of, but you may have, and realize that you're there for the people who are watching you. They may have paid uh, uh, for a ticket. They've actually made the effort to uh, purchase entry, also uh, set aside their own personal time to, to be there. So the reason that they're there is for you. You're not there for them. They're actually there for you. You're the one providing what they've come to see. And having that those personal feelings in there is kind of selfish because it's not about you at that point it's about those people the, the ones that are actually subsidizing you if you then have that kind of those negative things inside saying what about me then you're again asking double of people you're asking them to not only take their time to provide you with the uh with their time and their money, but also you then want their sympathy as well, which is you're asking double what you've originally asked. So you've got to be able to sort of either sub, uh, substitute it with something else. So for example, if you're angry about something, maybe there's something going on at home, you can channel that anger. If you're music, you can channel that anger into emotion and use it to power the music. If it's, um, if it's comedy, you can use it to power your delivery. So you can make the delivery punchier. You can make it. Uh, you can make it more emotional. You can add things into it. It's a transfer of energy. I mean, going into science, energy can never be created or destroyed. It can only be. It can only change form. So you change the form of that energy. It's it's cliche, but you're turning a negative into a positive. It's, it's one of those things that literally does make sense at that point because you're using it in a different way. Instead of letting it sit there and basically fester in your mind, use it in a different way. So I've had days where I'm not feeling my best or there's something nagging me in my mind and it's just, I'll just channel that through. Because some of my um, songs, you can hear where I've put a lot more 
intensity into the song because crazy crazy nights when i was putting the emphasis into that song i was when i was recording i was sort of i was running a bit low on funds at that point i was wondering where things were going to come from so there was anxiety in there so i went okay i'll just channel that into there and get it out through the music and the most recent one i've recorded which is going to be coming out tomorrow that was a more sort of a, a shall we say wistful and slightly i suppose hmm, yeah, it's a more sort of wistful and angry song because it's for valentine's day but yeah. <laughs> i'm one of really hates valentine's day because it's just this soppy hallmark card holiday that's designed to go no i love you more i love <laughs> you more even though we've been together for 13 years i need to show you it's like Ooh. so i thought <laughs> how can i ruin this how can i ruin this for everyone i know so i'm going to put a big disclaimer going if you're a person that likes valentine's day don't watch this video it's not for you it's for everybody else so, <laughs> so yeah so yeah again there's my there's my non-romantic side coming out and going right what can i do <laughs> you know i i can uh, agree with you with that with the valentine's <laughs> thing I, i think valentine's is it's more of you know companies setting up these marketing strategies it's more of a strategy it's more of a marketing strategy nowadays You know, for for people mm. to buy those things, and you know, just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's more of mm. that. Uh, it's more of those marketing things than really. Yeah. I, I'm sure some people would say that it's you know being uh, on that ba- Valentine's Day. It's bringing more value. It's the spirit of of bringing more value to your partner or your uh, to your your other half but uh, yeah it's uh, it's just two sides of the coin right yeah <laughs> Both i think very- i uh, i think i should make it clear that i'm not saying i don't like people that celebrate valentine's day yeah. what i dislike is the fact that it's pushed all the time and it's automatically assumed that everyone should celebrate valentine's day it's it's everywhere it's on tv it's on billboards it's on youtube advertisements it's everywhere and you can't get away from it so that's what i'm rebelling against yeah <laughs> just what i said you know marketing because i know people yeah. that literally say here's a rose for you yeah yeah it's yeah but it's uh it's one of those cloying things you can't get away from and that's what i'm sort of going against it's if you if people want to celebrate it that's perfectly fine but just don't splap it everywhere because it's kind of sort of you know just just do it for your it's for yourselves don't broadcast it everywhere because otherwise you're doing it purely purely for broadcasting you know yeah that's, that's the reason you're saying <laughs> of course now i'm going to get comments from people going well you're doing it just for broadcasting it's like yeah but i'm a cynical bitch so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there we go so hey. there that was really amazing love that fantastic now <laughs> you also mentioned about the being a pokemon master now what's your oh, favorite yes. pokemon Hey, who's Lucario. your favorite? Yes. Yeah, Lucario. Lucario oh, is Lucario. my favorite. Oh. Yeah. That's amazing, you know. I I only knew few Pokemon characters you know, from few mm. video games like my Game Boy Advance. <laughs> so I haven't been updated with the Pokemon. <laughs> Probably updated just a few ones with the pokemon cards you know what's the status of mm. pokemon cards it's really expensive nowadays right oh yeah 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 i think it even brought up uh recently due to all the the, the pandemic as well so mm. but here in the philippines not I, i don't think it's pokemon cards are a thing but for sure in in europe in in the us the pokemon cards is 
it's a it's a you know lucrative business you know the lucrative mm. business so that's amazing now one more thing uh, on a scale of one more one or ten so how happy are you with your career right now you know, one being the lowest ten uh, being the Ooh. highest i think let's see i'd probably say about six right now because it's going it's definitely going well but there's definitely more i can do so it's a six because i know that i'm not pushing as hard as i can and i really need to be doing that so i'm i'm past the halfway point and i'm definitely going up so i'm definitely getting higher than i was before but i still need to be pushing harder and i i know that i'm not doing enough right now so i really need to be pushing so i'm i'm marking it down because it's my own personal uh, to be blunt my laziness yeah. <laughs> is going into that so you know so you know i'm if i give myself a super high mark then i'm going to be lying to myself so you know i need to be truthful to myself and to yes. everybody else that yeah i really need to be pushing harder because linkedin is a battlefield it's it's not a battlefield where people are dying it's a battlefield to be seen and you really need to be you know putting out that content to try and be seen above the water that is that kind of thing i mean it's a great platform for for twitter or youtube you'll probably get people going oh i didn't like this link linkedin people will go not bad but if you did this it would work better and you'll get genuine feedback from it yes. and that's why i always post there first I always post on LinkedIn the first place because I can get real critique, not just, you know, a thumbs up. I can actually get information. Yes, like constructive feedback from, you know, from other, uh, you know, from experts, mm. you know, from experts of that field or uh, simply people who are, you know, passionate enough on that particular profession or particular craft. Mm. So LinkedIn is definitely a great place you know, for many people. Who are, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say that again, you know, for those people who are trying to build their career. You know. So that's mm. really cool. And uh, as a musician, as, uh, as a comedian, as, uh, as an editor, is there, what's your most valuable piece of advice to You, know, you you can probably share to our fellow listeners or those those people who are interested in doing comedy or doing uh, music or editing videos. So what would be your best advice for them? The best advice I can probably give is when you find something that works, don't be afraid to grab hold of it and run with it constantly. For example, if you start if you do a video where you sort of uh you're wearing a very weird looking suit say like with playing cards and everybody loves the suit don't stop wearing the suit keep wearing that suit because that becomes a brand that you can use you can push that uh if some if something doesn't work don't do it again don't try and make it work i've had videos where someone says yeah that bit didn't work so i go okay don't use that again But when I did, uh, when I've had my videos wearing my suits, everyone really likes them. So I'm like, okay, I keep using the suits as the costumes because it's become this idea of this sort of professional kind of look that I have. And that's what I do. So if you get comment on something that works well, keep it, keep refining it and then start adding to those bits. So if you've got a suit with a house of cards on it and it works, if you start using a, a a background that creates a real impression keep using that background again use it subtly add it in don't go overboard though so if the background if someone says oh i really like that graveyard background you use use it again but don't just use the don't just use it for the whole video put it in there so you kind of get sneak peeks and people see it it's like a bowl full of candy if it's all one flavor eventually people get bored of it If there's all different flavors, people are constantly looking through it, looking for little things. So there. So all, use things that work well, but don't be afraid to add new things. But use the ones that work well. Never take them out. If they get good responses, 
don't take them out. Keep using them. That's great. So when you find something that works, uh, keep it. If not, delete it. Find something else that will work. So it's like the same, you know, going through that cycle of, uh, uh, you know, process of elimination and trial and error, yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty sort of simple to say it, but it's it's not not often that people sort of think about it. It's like you know, people say, uh, "Oh yeah, that got a really good response. So I might come back to that." No, keep doing it. Keep using that. I mean, you can you can get perfect response from that from youtubers look at youtubers that play uh video games people like game grumps people like jacksepticeye pewdiepie markiplier yeah. they oh. will play <laughs> one episode yeah they will play one they will do sort of four episodes of a game if a game gets a lot of likes they'll keep running with it they'll test out four and whichever one does really well they run with it because that's what people want to say it will keep going that's exactly the same thing if something works really well keep going that's amazing. Yeah, you mentioned about you know those big YouTubers. You know, I really admire them yeah. too. PewDiePie, Jacksepticeye, Mark Flyer for sure. Wow. Yeah. They're not afraid. Um, They're not afraid to run with things. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So one more thing. Last one. Uh, Hedge. Where should we follow you on social media? On LinkedIn, we have Hedge Hayden. I think you have YouTube as well. Right, what's your channel? YouTube Hedge Aiden. Hedge Aiden. Yeah. Uh, Instagram. Oh, Double Hedge. Double Hedge Studios on YouTube. All right. And yeah, that's Hedge, correct. Hedge Aiden on LinkedIn. Uh, that's correct. Yes. Instagram. Do you have Instagram? Uh, I do, but I don't use it as much. But uh, that is just blaster.hedgy, which is my uh, character that I used to portray back in uh, the USA many, many years ago. So the avatar is a combination of uh, myself and him that is merged together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. All right. So. Uh, to all my listeners out there, please, please, please follow Hedge Hayden. His content is amazing. I really love the videos, his music, you know, what he's putting out there on LinkedIn and all the other platforms is so amazing. Please follow him on all the social media accounts mentioned. But there we go. Thank you so much, Hedge. I appreciate you being on. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Kim. It's been really good. Yeah, it was fun. All right. You take care and you enjoy the rest of your, of your day. All right. You too. Okay. Yeah. All right.